Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo adventure, or solo pursuits of passion. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. This is the 16th episode of Solo Powered. Can you believe it? I started this back in April and we are already in July in 2023 for anyone who might be listening to this at another point in time. And I did my first episode solo and so it has been an entire 15 episodes before um, since I have spoken directly to you, the lovely listener. 16 is a special number to me. It's the date of my birth. And um, I always pick it when I'm playing roulette or when I'm needing to find an, a, a lucky number doing the lottery or whatever it might be. So I thought this would be a good and fitting episode for me to do another solo episode where I talk to you directly. I suppose I've learned a lot over the last 15 episodes, having talked to some incredible guests that I thought I might do a little bit of a recap over. Um, this has also been a very interesting week for for me personally, for being um, a solo, for being a woman in Ireland. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new IVF um, funding and its very stringent regulations that have come out around that. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Barbie movie because I felt like so many of it embodied a lot of what I have talked about here on the podcast over the last few months. And also I wanted to talk and pay tribute to Sinead O'Connor who very, very sadly uh, passed away yesterday. Um, But first I wanted to thank you all the listeners for tuning in week after week I am so appreciative and just like blown away by the success of the podcast to date um podcasting is a quite a saturated market let's not deny it um every man woman and their dog has a podcast these days and um I kind of started this with a little bit of trepidation um I wasn't really sure whether it would be of interest to people um, but I'm so happy that there has been so much love sent my way and so many people tuning in. Um, if you follow me on Instagram and if you don't yet, please come over and follow me. Um, my handle is ask underscore Ariana Dunn. Uh, you will see that I have posted recently a map of the world that showcases all of the listeners that have tuned in from various different locations and it's across six continents the whole of the Americas is almost lit up, South, North, North America, South America, Canada, Central America, uh, so many countries um, across Europe, across Asia, Australia, South Africa. It's just incredible and um, I hope that whoever's listening in all those countries, maybe they're traveling, maybe they have solo powered playing in their ears, maybe they're solo traveling themselves. Um, 
if it is you who is traveling around and listening uh, in a, a very exciting exotic location um please do let me know send me a message um i would love to hear from you um i would love to hear from any of the listeners just in relation to feedback and so if anyone has any feedback or any suggestions that they might want to make about guests or anything really it's gonna be it's always lovely to get messages from listeners um i was very grateful and privileged to be a guest on the six o'clock show um last monday and i was on talking about my podcast with the lovely greg o'shea and fanula um i happened to meet one of the producers uh, of the six o'clock show on a night out and I just approached her and told, introduced myself and told her that I had a podcast and that I would love to come on and chat about it. And so thankfully, um, they liked the idea and I was uh, invited on as a guest, which was lovely because I got to talk about not only the podcast, but a lot of the mission about the podcast in terms of trying to encourage people to do things on their own, um, whether that be solo business or solo travel and just talking about single people in Ireland and the representation of single people. And um, I got a lot of fab feedback and a lot of new listeners and a lot of new followers as well, which is always uh, a lovely, um, a lovely offshoot of being on television. Um, just to share some of the messages that I got, um, I had a message from some random people who were reaching out to me on Instagram, which was so lovely. Obviously, I got lots of congratulatory messages from friends and family and people that I knew, but from people that I didn't know, it's always really nice. Um, so I had a message saying, thank you for speaking out on behalf of single people. I do think there is an emphasis on family and couples in Ireland and single people get ignored by society. You were a breath of fresh air and I'll be tuning into your podcast. So thank you very much for that message. Um, Another message that I had was you were really impressive on the six o'clock show. So true about the way um, other people treat single people. Um, and it's nice to have people like you speaking out about positive experiences, which hopefully people will learn from. Um, and yeah, I had some people as well saying that congrats on the podcast. I'm always seeking out solo live content and it is so wonderful to find your podcast a few months ago and to hear an Irish woman sharing her perspective. I hope that you're starting a movement and not just a podcast. I'm fully here to support it. So that's really exciting. And um, potentially there could be an opportunity for me to um, create a community um, uh, of soloers um, and potentially create some events um, and create some meetup opportunities and maybe that is something that will happen in the next few weeks and months and if that is something that you would be interested in by all means please drop me a message and let me know as well because um It'd be really nice to be able to start a community of soloers. Um, if you listen to the last episode that I had with Dr. Peter McGraw, if you haven't yet, please do. It is one of my favorite episodes. And um, Peter has a podcast in the US called Solo, which Solo Powered would also be going out on in a few weeks. And um, he has created a solo community of people over there. Um, and it would be nice to maybe replicate something similar in Ireland. So hopefully that might be something that is coming in the pipeline as a result of Solo Powered, which would be great. Um, speaking of 
favorite episodes just to sort of recap on some of the the people that I've had on um it was so fabulous to start off the podcast with the plethora of my my friends who just happened to have incredible solo stories themselves so Connor Clear coming on and talking about um his solo trip to Antarctica talking about his solopreneurism as a celebrant and talking about being a fabulous single was um, a brilliant episode for me to record and to listen to and re-listen to and um, it, I, I really would urge everyone to listen to it because Connor really is um, the epitome of a, a solo powered person. Um, after that we have the fabulous Kelly Shatter and Kelly uh, is a, a lovely friend of mine who I met on a writer's retreat while we were both on a solo travel trip at the time and uh, Kelly is a writer and a performer and uh, she was on talking about her one woman play The Scratcher which at the time was um, just on in the Seen and Heard festival and I'm delighted to report that actually The Scratcher has now been turned into an hour-long production as part of the Dublin Fringe Festival um, and it will be running in September and I was at a fundraiser for that the other night, a comedy improv night, which was just absolutely hilarious. Um, so if you are interested in going to see a one person play, which again epitomizes soloism, um, I would urge you to look up Kelly Shatter and The Scratcher at Dublin Fringe Festival. It's, a, it's really an incredible play um, and I would love as many of the listeners to go and see it and support Kelly as possible, um, to support Kelly as, as much as possible. Um, next, obviously, we had my gorgeous friend Gordon Hickey and Gordon was on talking about launching not only his solo business, The Container Coffee, but also writing and directing and producing and starring in his own short movies, um, The Cure and Uncut. He's now, I believe, in production, creating a new feature film. Um, His feature film that he was acting in is no doubt going to be coming out um, soon as well, maybe in the next few months or the next year. And he's also launched another business um, called Swanted, which is uh, an incredible recruitment business for um, the services industry. And it kind of is revolutionizing how people can apply for barista jobs, restaurant jobs, bar jobs. And um, I'm so incredibly proud of Gordon and all that he continues to achieve, which is just amazing. Of course, then we had the gorgeous Clodagh O'Hagan on talking about her solo journey to parenthood and her son, Frank. And particularly poignant episode, um, particularly uh, in relation to the news that has come out today. And I suppose I'll take a pause here while I, I was talking about Clodagh's episode to talk about the IVF funding and um, how angry it has made me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Clodagh's episode was the most tear-inducing episode. I had a lot of people message me crying, um, having heard Clodagh talk about her journey to parenthood and her love of her son Frank and how special it was for her to be able to welcome uh, her son into the world. Um, She said a line within the podcast that she said, I knew how much, I always knew how much I wanted to be a mum, but I never knew how much I needed to be a mum. And, you know, it's really wonderful um, that Ireland has finally 
caught up to the rest of the world by offering its citizens some funding from IVF. Um, I believe in terms of European countries, we were 41st on the list when it comes to our support of those needing IVF with just the Ukraine and Turkey being uh, behind us in that list. This is a grossly underfunded um, and undercared for area of the Department of Health. And um, when it was announced last year that there was going to be funding, um, I'm sure there was much excitement from the many, many people who struggle to conceive and are struggling with fertility. Um, for me, it was welcome news as well, as I have talked about here that I am considering having a baby myself um, and going on a solo journey to parenthood. I've also touched on in the last episode, potentially um, going on that journey with two friends of mine who are a, uh, a married male couple um, and how we have talked about potentially sharing that journey and me having um, a baby and entering into a, a, a shared parenting, platonic parenting um, uh, situation, partnership with this um, wonderful married couple, friendship, friends of mine. Um, so when I heard the news was coming out in relation to the funding, I was very excited because I thought maybe we'd be able to save a bit of money um, in terms of the, the extortionate fees that it costs in order to get IUI or do IVF. Um, I have had many, many friends, sadly I've had many, many friends um, who have gone through the process. Um, I have had quite a lot of female friends who've had egg freezing. I've had a lot of uh, couple friends who have gone down the route of sperm donation I have a lot of friends who have had to do IVF to have a much longed for first child, a much longed for second child um, and beyond. And um, I know how hard it is, how expensive it is, how soul destroying it can be when it doesn't work out. Um, and for people who really, really want a child, it is something that becomes all consuming and um, has massive effects on people's mental health and health in general as well so sorry i'm just taking a sip of water there so for this funding to come out to help people um i absolutely welcome it and i am so happy for all of the people who do qualify for this ivf uh, funding it is much needed and if you are part of that very small group of people in Ireland who will qualify for it. Um, I wish you the very, very best of luck and I hope that it works out for you. Um, and I'm very glad that you are managing to avail of this funding. Um, I say very, very small group because um, if you don't know, there has been a very long list of quite stringent and quite frankly, bonkers um, rules that have come along with this. Um, and I'm just going to list a couple of them here. So to be eligible, couples must have no living children from the existing relationship and include at least one partner with no living child, um, which is just a horrendous type of rule to put on anything. Um, if you were lucky enough to have a living child and have had 
uh, trouble having a second child, which many of my friends have uh, for one reason or another, you do not qualify. Um, access to publicly funded AHR treatment is available for those individuals who have previously undertaken a maximum of one previous IVF cycle and where all embryos created as part of that cycle have been used. Um, as we know, the IVF success rates are very still very low. Um, I have many, many friends who have gone through several cycles and actually have gotten to a point now where they are unable to have any more because of the fact that it, they have already spent huge amounts of money on these cycles. Um, and unfortunately, those are the people that probably really need the funding um, and they are not eligible either. A couple or individual would not be eligible for a publicly funded AHR treatment if either has had voluntary sterilisation. Another list is to ensure the welfare of any children resulting from AHR treatment an assessment will be carried out based primarily upon a self-declaration form. Um, which again harkens to the ridiculous um, requirement for getting a sperm donor is that you have to have, you legally have to have one counselling session which is just an insult to therapists and counsellors for a start um, to suggest that they can make any kind of assessment during one session. Um, but anybody can have a child um, out there without having to go and have any kind of psychological assessment. So to suggest that uh, a person wanting to have a child using a sperm donor needs to have their head examined is in itself um, a farcical rule. Um, Anyway, I'll go on. There shall be no more than two intending parents of a child born as a result of AHR treatment and they shall be in a relationship for at least one year. This is probably the one that has irked me the most um, in all of this, to be perfectly honest with you. Obviously, um, with what I had talked about, about potentially going into a platonic partnership with my friends and having a baby together, this rule would rule us out because there would be three parents potentially um, in this uh, in this scenario. Um, also, they shall be in a relationship for at least one year. Um, it just bothers me that because, again, if anyone has listened to the Peter McGraw episode, they'll know that, you know, there are lots of different relationships. There are lots of different ways in which people um, can be in a relationship um, whether that be polyamory whether that be non-monogamy whether that be someone who is in a relationship that is a non-sexual relationship um, and why at least one year why a time frame on it is something that is of any relevance um, and also how they plan on proving that is just something that kind of boggles my mind as well um, the intending birth mother should be a maximum of 30 years plus 364 days. Sorry, she should be a maximum of 40 years plus 365 days at the time of referral to a fertility hope, while the maximum referring age for males is 59 years plus 364 days. Um, so I'm 41, um, so I am disqualified there again. Um, it's very saddening to see that they've put that age limit again when a lot of women who are probably in that age group are probably the ones that need IVF um, and need help with that 
Um, we have seen that the age of first time mums and second time mums um, ha has increased greatly. Um, I have a, a friend who is 49 at the moment having her second child. I had a friend who's 50 having her second child. I have friends who are 47, 46, 45. Um, so 40 is a very, very uh, young age, in my opinion, to put on that as a limit. Um, and of course, it disqualifies me as well. Um, and then the BMI of an intending birth mother must be within the range of 18.5 and 30 kgs, even though BMI has been proven by health professionals to be an absolute crock of shit, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and uh, I don't have a BMI within that range. Um, that being said, I'm extremely healthy. I do a huge amount of exercise. I do a huge amount of walking. I've just completed a 20 week MMA program. I've just signed up to a three peak challenge to climb to 26,000 kilometers of mountain in one day. Um, I'm extremely healthy in how I eat and how I operate. Um, but I would fall out of that range um, just because of the way my body is made up. And therefore I would also not be qualifying for that. Um, so I, I'm disqualified in a number of areas. Um, but anyway, look, this isn't just about me. Um, this is about all the people out there that also are disqualified because of those lengthy rules. I know many people will probably understand them and agree with them. And yeah, I know that there is some um, thought process that has gone behind them. Um, but I suppose another one that has angered me immensely is that same-sex couples are also exempt from this. So pretty much mass discrimination for the LGBTQ community with these rules. Um, many LGBTQ couples um, and people single, whether they be in couples or whether they be single or whether they be in greater, bigger relationships with several people, whatever your preference is and your choice of being in this world, if you are part or part of the LGBT community, um, you can go and shite, apparently, as far as the, the IVF funding is concerned. Um, even though um, the majority of people who are in that community and who want to have a child will need IVF or IUI or some kind of donor insemination. So um, if you, another rule, another rule is if you need donor sperm or donor eggs, you also do not qualify. Um, and I know many people who have had to have donor sperm and donor eggs. Um, so it's just very anger inducing. It's very much a shame that Stephen Donnelly seemed to think that this was a good first step, as he calls it. Um, it in my opinion, it is not a good first step. It is a discriminatory first step. Um, it is a first step that has angered an awful lot of people, um, most specifically within the LGBTQ plus community, but also single women, um, also people and couples who have been fighting for many years to have a child or a second child who are also being ruled out for various reasons. And um, I wished the government would have taken greater advisement I wonder who their advisory board were, that they didn't highlight that this would potentially be catastrophic in terms of releasing this um, this funding round in this first step. 
I wish that they had sat down and maybe talked about what the second step, third step and fourth step might be and maybe release it all correctly and um, in a way that wasn't so anger inducing for many people. Um, it's a great shame. Look, you know, I, I, I've been having to try and put money aside for this for a while now. Um, if I do this, I know that this is going to be something that is going to be expensive for me to do. Um, and it's still going to be because <laughs> I'm not going to get any help from the government. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a great shame. And, um, if you are a listener and if you are someone that this has also affected, then, um, I empathize and I sympathize with you and I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, I'm going to leave that one there. Um, I'm going to talk about something else now, which, um, well, actually, I'm going to go back to talking about recapping on the episodes um, because that makes me happy and makes me smile. So, yeah, so we had um, the lovely Cloda O'Hagan, as I said, and I'm uh, wishing and sending lots of love to Cloda and her beautiful uh, son, Frank, who she had when she was 43. Um, so, again, she would have been outside of that IVF criteria. Um, of course, then we had the fabulous uh, Rob Kenny who was on. Um, Rob came on to talk about his business as a fantastic PR man, but he also was on talking about his solo travel trips that he regularly likes to take. Um, I've had so many lovely messages from people telling me um, that they have gone on their first solo travel adventure, solo travel weekend since listening to the podcast. In fact, I got a really lovely email um, just this morning, a lengthy email from a listener who I shall not reveal um, any information about her, but she sent me a very, very lovely and personal letter talking about how inspired she has been by listening to the podcast um, by listening to my interview on Spinsterhood Reimagined as well, and how she is making the decision um, to move abroad in October um, and to, in her words, um, soak in some sea and sun into her soul, which I just think was so beautifully said. Um, and she has messaged me asking me for some advice and some tips, which I have sent on to her. Um, and so if you're listening, I wish you the very, very best of luck on that new adventure. Um, but it is so lovely to have messages from people talking about how uh, they have gone and embraced solo living as a result of the podcast. And Rob Kenny's episode was a really good episode to to listen to in order to be inspired about that. Um, I subsequently met up with his boyfriend um, and he kind of confirmed that he loves when Rob goes away and they get to have that time apart. Um, and uh, when they come back together, then, you know, their their love is all reignited and resumed, which is always great as well. So it can be good for people to spend some time apart if you are in a couple, of course. Um, next, I had the fabulous Heather Condren from Flower Pop on talking about her beautiful flower business and her solopreneur journey even adding the Beckhams to her list of clients. Um, Heather is a, a fabulous person and I absolutely adored our chat and she was so super inspiring as well. Um, after that, I had the incredible Damien Brown on who rode solo across the Atlantic twice. Um, uh, I just uh, mentioned earlier, I just signed up for a three peak challenge. I think he said that he was going to be climbing his 
second Kilimanjaro. He has made several attempts at Mount Everest. He's climbed five of the seven, seven summits. Um, so uh, I'm very smug about my little three peaks <laughs> in Wicklow. Um, but again, you know, such an inspirational episode and uh, one I really was glad to to get in the bag. Um, Next, we had Phoebe Foran talking about, from Forager, talking about solo walks in nature. Again, that was such a beautiful episode, super emotional. I loved chatting to Phoebe about the way in which nature and mother nature um, looks after her, her little humanoids, her little humans, and how um, she often sends plants and energy and healing our way and how important it is for us as, uh, as humans to get out in nature and embrace nature as much as possible. Um, I've already talked about her, but I had the fabulous Lucy Magison next, and we talked about reimagining spinsterhood. Um, I also was on her podcast, which goes out in the UK, and had a fantastic um, interview with her talking about my journey. So I would urge um, anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about me to go over there um, and listen on that as well. Um, but it was so fabulous to have Lucy on and talking about being child-free and single. Um, which I know um, is something that I might end up being if my uh, journey into fertility and my journey to solo parenthood doesn't work out. Um, and it's exciting to know that people who are child-free and single um, can have a, an incredible lives um, and have a much freedom and much enjoyment that comes with being um, a single and child-free person as well. So much to look forward to, no doubt, for me if um, this doesn't work out. Um, next, I had Yvonne Redden talking about turning your writer dreams into a reality and going down the self-publishing route and becoming a, a solo author. Um, I got loads of messages from people saying how inspiring it was listening to Yvonne's episode. Yvonne um, came late, uh, well, she, she didn't come late to motherhood. She she had a, a child and then had twins in her 40s. Um, and even during that time, constantly educated herself and went back to college and learned and um, bettered herself um, and it was a, a really inspiring episode to listen to um, and you know if anyone wants to write um, or has aspirations to write um, definitely going down the self-publishing route is, is an option for many people as well. Um, I then had Louise McSherry on the podcast talking about her solo podcasting journey, talking about her exit from RTE, which was quite a timely episode considering everything that was going on in RTE, or Ireland's national broadcaster at the time that was going through some controversy. Um, Louise's podcast recently hit a million downloads and um, it's absolutely a brilliant episode. Catch Up with Louise McSherry is a brilliant podcast to catch up on all the news throughout the week. Um, if you're interested in listening to that one as well. Next, I had the lovely, incredible Paddy Smith on talking about disability. Um, Paddy is a disability rights activist and had his BBC documentary called Should I Be Fixed, um, which had recently come out. Uh, Paddy is just announced that he's been offered a job over in London working on Michael McIntyre's big um, show. So he's going to be going over there for a couple of months and we wish Paddy all the very best of luck. But also, of course, Paddy's going over solo. He's going to be moving to London on his own um, and taking on a new job. And um, again, he just embodies very much what it means to be a solo person. And um, he's a, an, an incredible force of nature and I absolutely loved having him on the podcast. 
Um, the 14th episode was with Pat Kane from Reusey. Pat Kane was on uh, talking about sustainability, talking about the power of one campaign, talking about her own incredibly successful solo business, Reusey. Um, and uh, it was fabulous to have Pat uh, on the podcast. And Pat is from Brazil, so no doubt seeing Brazil light up on that map of uh, locations where it was listened to is no doubt thanks to Pat Kane um, and having her friends and family in Brazil listening to that episode so um, it was fantastic to have her on and she's such an inspiring woman and then lastly we had Dr Peter McGrath the behavioral scientist and professor um, talking about why society needs to change and adapt to solo living and that was an amazing episode where I got to talk all about the history of marriage about Brehan Law about the relationship escalator the four ways of being single um polyamory relationship by design I mean it was a super interesting episode and I really would love to talk more about those subjects and talk to more people about the different ways in which people live their lives and how you know we don't have to live the way that everybody lives we don't have to follow this relationship escalator if it works for you I'm so happy and I'm so delighted and that's brilliant but I don't want people to think that there's something wrong with them if they haven't met anybody if they haven't fallen in love if they haven't gotten married and if they haven't had that you know relationship escalator life maybe it's the escalator that isn't right and instead of you not being right for the escalator um, there are so many different ways in which society is changing and evolving and I really hope that the society continues to change to allow people to have the relationship status that they want to have that there's nothing wrong with being a solo or a single person um you're not sad you're not lonely you're not intimidating you're not too picky there's not something that you're doing wrong um you're simply living your life um and if you are someone who is single and is sad about being single you know i urge you to change that single status to a solo status and to try and embrace um, everything that comes with being a solo in this world and know that there are lots of solo people who you can meet and who can become your tribe um, and that we don't have to follow um, what has seemingly been the norm because somewhere along the line when agriculture was invested marriage became a good business idea um, I mean, even things like divorce, like one man, one man, you know, King Henry VIII decided that he wanted to marry somebody else. And so he introduced divorce. It wasn't something that, you know, was decided over many millennia. And it wasn't something that made, you know, sense like Brown Law, which was based off of common sense and based off of the greater good and based off of what was right for everybody else. King Henry VIII wanted divorce and introduced divorce and then divorce became something that was legal because of one man's folly. Um, so we have to remember that we sometimes need to question where and why we are living the way that we're living. Where in history did this all come about? Um, how much free thinking was involved in the way in which we live our life? Um, and now that we are in a much more free thinking world where we aren't restricted by monarchies and by religion and by, um, you know, dictatorships, then, you know, what is the life that we want to lead and how can we live it to the best of our ability? Which brings me nicely onto 
the Barbie movie, which I went to see last night. And oh my God, I absolutely adored it. Of course I did. I knew I was going to. Um, I was very worried a few months ago when all of the first marketing kind of happened for it and I thought maybe that they were going to outmarket themselves. Um, but my God, if you haven't seen it yet, go to the cinema and see it. It is amazing. Um, obviously, it has amazing feminist undertones. Um, obviously, it kind of sticks it to the patriarchy. Um, obviously, uh, if you're Piers Morgan or if you are a white ring, ma white male conservative, you're not going to like this movie, but that's okay. It wasn't made for you. Although I kind of feel like it was in a way, I kind of feel like more of those men should go and see the movie and maybe have their, um, have their minds enlightened a little bit <laughs> about what it's like to be a woman sometimes. Of course, of course, Barbie, the movie, hammed a lot of it up. Of course, it's not all that bad. Um, of course, being a woman in today's world has had vast improvements over the last 50 or so decades, thankfully. But my God, it's still only 50 decades. Let's not forget that. Um, so it's still a very relatively short time in which women have had, quote unquote, equal status. Um, I'm wiggling my fingers as I'm doing that because of course we don't have equal status in many places around the world. Um, women are still very much second class citizens in many uh, cultures and in many nations. Um, but in a westernized society we obviously have it much better um, than we had before but there can still be uh, and should be many improvements and I think that's what the Barbie movie alluded to. Um, but it isn't just a man versus woman thing. I think it is also a woman versus woman thing. And, you know, it is very clear and evident um, from America Ferrari's incredible speech, um, which, again, I won't do any spoilers of. Um, but her, her monologue is uh, spine tingling uh, and goosebump inducing in, in her uh, monologue within the film where she talks about what it's like to be a woman. And she does talk about, you know, how it's also women bringing down women. And I really feel like this is something that needs to stop. Um, Cassie Delaney, who produced my podcast um, for the first 15 episodes, um, is bringing out a new podcast with Aoife Grace Moore uh, called Trolling, where uh, a clip of it was released yesterday with Aoife Grace Moore just reading out tweets and messages from trolls, which... Um, are just horrendous and awful to listen to and I know so many people have to deal with um, trolls. Um, thankfully it's not something that I've had to deal with yet. I was kind of worried after my six o'clock show appearance. Um, they, they created a clip of me talking about how society needs to change when it comes to single living and single attitudes and it was put out across Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Um, thankfully I had just lovely comments and lovely messages and messages of support and agreement in the most part um for my my, my clip um there was one man who said that it wasn't society's fault that nobody wanted to date me which I thought was kind of funny because <laughs> he was kind of missing the point I mean I didn't say nobody wanted to date me plenty of people want to date me kind sir it's just that I don't want to date them um 
But also, it's also just missing the point as well in that uh, it wasn't about people wanting or what not wanting to date me, but it was about single people in general and how single people are often overlooked and how often couples will suggest that there is something or coupled up people will suggest that there's something wrong with a single person because they aren't in a relationship. Um, just because that is the, the life that they chose doesn't mean that that is the life that every single person wants to have as well. Um, but thankfully, that was the only negative comment. And I will say that there were many lovely women who came to my defence and who uh, commented underneath that man's uh, rather ill-informed and nasty comment and came to my rescue with words of support for me, um, which was very nice to see. So uh, the sisterhood is very much alive in that regard. Um, but getting back to the Barbie movie, um, it was... It, fun two and a half hours of pink and sparkles and glitter and music and laughter and Ryan Reynolds was amazing and Margot Robbie was amazing and Issa Rae was amazing and all of the cameos and the casting and it was just fantastic. Um, I will say I wasn't really a Barbie play, I wasn't someone who played with Barbies when I was younger. Um, Probably because I was the fifth child, the fifth girl in a family of eight and we didn't probably couldn't afford Barbies to be perfectly honest with you. No offence, mum and dad. Um, I did have Jet. I don't know if anybody remembers. I didn't have a Cindy, but I had a Jet. Jet was a rock star um, and she was kind of like a punk rock rock star. And I had her stage and she had a really cool guitar. Jet was also a cartoon show. She had like a star on her face and like punk rock hair. Um, she was very, very cool. And um, I did love my my Jet doll and my Jet stage. Um, obviously quite fitting for me as someone who likes to be... <laughs> on in center stage and likes to perform and likes to be uh quite loud and uh punk rockish um but yeah i i i didn't have a huge amount of barbies but i loved the way greta gerwig um directed the movie and introduced so many kind of playful and fantastical um kickbacks to to the doll which was which was lovely but ultimately the message is incredible and there were so many parts of the movie which um, are almost verbatim things that have been said on this podcast over the last 15 episodes in terms of being who you are, you know, not conforming to society, living the life that you want to lead, being whoever you want to be in terms of a career, going wherever you want to go in terms of travel. Um, and also just, you know, the the way in which women are rising up. We've talked about it on the episode with Peter McGraw how the rise of singles is coinciding with the rise up of women which coincides with the rise up of humanity um this is not I always say that this is not a single person versus couples thing um and this is absolutely not a man versus versus woman thing um for me I adore men I have three brothers I love men I love meeting men I have many 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 male friends um and I have wonderful nieces and nephews and brothers-in-laws. I adore men um, and I absolutely uh, do not want to come across as someone who um, does not adore men, because I do. Um, but I think that we as a society can rise together and be better together by being fairer, kinder and more just. Um, and so... 
yeah, I suppose on that point, and speaking about rock stars and Jet, I'm going to talk about Sinead O'Connor. Um, and Sinead O'Connor very, very sadly passed away yesterday at the age of 56. And um, Sinead, again, is a woman who kind of epitomizes everything that the Solo Pirate podcast is all about. Um, she was the ultimate individual. Um, she was an extremely strong, brave, powerful woman who spoke out many times about injustices in society. Um, we all know the time she ripped up the picture of the Pope in against child sex offences. I have made it clear on this podcast that I am not a fan of the Catholic Church. Um, it's why I became a celebrant to offer people alternatives to christenings and to um, a, a secular religion, religious ceremony um, in terms of marriage. Um, and obviously I'm not a fan because of the very thing that Sinead was trying to highlight and bring attention to when she, uh, when she did what she did. Um, she was uh, really tortured for that by many, many people after that appearance on SNL. Um, and it had massive effects on what was already a fragile mind. Um, Sinead had a very um, t- rough and you know sad upbringing. She lost her mother very young in an accident in which she was a part of. Um, she rose to fame because of her incredible, incredible voice and the amazing um, innocence and feeling um that she was able to get across in those big beautiful eyes of hers and um i was a massive fan of Sinead Cutters. i went to see her uh, a few years ago in a very intimate setting in the roundhouse in london um i very much remember uh being a child in the 90s and every morning getting up for school nothing compares to you was on the radio because it was just number one in ireland for so many weeks I, I have very, very clear images of or memories of seeing that video for the very first time and having a conversation in my household about her shaved head and um, Sinead's performance of um, Mandika at the Grammys is one of my all-time favourite live performances ever. Um, my brother Richard is a massive uh, fan of, of, of Sinead's and that particular clip and there were many a drunken night um, where we would put it on on YouTube and just marvel at her bravery to come out on stage at 21 years of age like a punk rock goddess and perform in front of so many famous people with the public enemy um, symbol etched on the side of her head with a baby's onesie um, in her back pocket to um, say an F you to the uh, music uh, executives who told her that having a child would end her career. It was a representative of the baby that she had just recently had. The public enemy was obviously in reference to the discrimination against the hip hop community. Um, but she came out on that stage and she opened her mouth and she sang with such immense power and she was just incredible. And obviously in later years, you know, I sing, I sing songs myself. I sing Raglan Road. The version of Raglan Road that I sing is Sinead O'Connor's version. Um, her, her songs touched so many people because of 
not only how she sang them, but the, the fragility, the fragility with which she got the words across. I was bawling, crying this morning watching uh, the clip of her on the Late Late Show with the late Gay Byrne um, when she sang uh, a hymn uh, dressed all in black with a long black wig. You could tell how how vulnerable she was at the time. Um, Gay Byrne showed her immense kindness um, in the clip, but she sang a religious him essentially after having ripped up the picture of the pope and the words um in that are just so so poignant now given um her very sad and very uh, untimely passing she was um a warrior uh, i think is is a word that i would give for her she has suffered so much throughout her life very unjustly and very unfairly um, and it's very, very sad. And I think we as a nation are very, very much mourning the death of Sinead O'Connor because she was really like a daughter of the country, even though she was vilified by so many people. I think um, in hindsight, people came to realize that actually everything that she was doing and saying um, she was was right about. Um, and she was simply just trying to t- tell the truth and shine a light on injustices. Um, she this year won a uh, People's Choice Award, a Music Choice Award, and she dedicated it to the every single um, refugee in Ireland. Um, and <clears throat> it is clear that throughout her life, Sinead always fought for the underdog. She always fought for fairness, um, and she always wanted people who were feeling less than to be seen and to feel heard and um, I just want Sinead to know that we we heard her and we saw her and I'm very sad that she's passed away. Um, and my voice is going now because <clears throat> I've been talking for so long. Um, and I think I'm going to wrap this episode up. Um, and just to say once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, if anyone is interested in working with me from a coaching capacity, please get in touch. Um, we're also starting a new certificate course of my teaching uh, my coaching life coaching um certificate and diploma through mindstream.ie which is happening in september so if you're interested in potentially signing up to that let me know um as i said come over and follow me on instagram send me your feedback please continue to listen we have some incredible episodes that are going to be coming up i have no intention of taking any break um, I have a lot of um, episodes actually being recorded next week with some amazing guests that I know you're going to love and we're going to continue to create a community to shine a light on the solo world and to try and encourage and inspire people to live the best possible life that they can live on their terms. So uh, thank you for listening. I hope this was an interesting episode. Um, as I said, it was important for me to do another solo episode and just to recap and talk about some other things um, that have been going on as well. So thanks for tuning in and I will see you all and talk to you all again next week.